You know, at about five or six years of age, something happened to me. Wasn't aware of it, wasn't prepared for it. But I walked into my mom and stepdad's bedroom and I saw a magazine laying sort of tucked under the bed. I picked it up, any five or six year old's probably a comic book, right? Wrong, that's not what it was. Expecting to see things funny, I saw things that no one should see at that age. And, and what was happening, although I would not know for decades later, but it was the enemy moving to gain access, just moving to, to try to see if there's an open door. The enemy never stops checking the doors of your home and your heart, windows. He's always looking for a way to get in because what happens is the enemy wants to gain a foothold. And that foothold will end in death and destruction. And after 40 years of being involved in ministry, this is what I've learned. So few Christ followers ever think about the demonic doors that give influence to the enemy into our home. Even though we are warned repeatedly throughout the scripture. As a matter of fact, our, one of our theme verses for this series is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Do not give the devil an opportunity. When you open a demonic door, you have, you have done just that. You've given the devil a foothold, an opportunity. Last weekend, we looked at two doors, anger and unforgiveness. And what was so incredible is that so many people were set free. Man, people made their way to crosses at all of our campuses. If you missed that message, I want to challenge you to go back and get it. Because what we have to see, I don't care what age you are, doesn't matter that you're a child, the enemy's always trying to open the doors. And, and the, end of the access that we're talking about this weekend, whenever you talk about this door, people look down. And this door could easily be what, what we would call a trap door. Because once you fall through this trap door, man, it swallows people whole. This door has a built-in curiosity for the young and a built-in biological drive for the older. But this door is a deadly trap. The door is sexual immorality. And if we could be honest with each other, this is a door that has ruined more lives than, than, than humanity could ever record. Something God made that was beautiful. What God intended for intimacy and multiplication, the enemy has used to divide and destroy sexual immorality. I was too young to even understand what had begun in my young little life when I saw those pornographic images. It's a trap. And that, that door was widened in my life by being sexually abused by, at, at the age of about six by a male babysitter and then later preteen by a stepdad. It just continued to open the door to an unclean spirit to impact my life at a level I never dreamed. It's just, it's, it's, it's insanity what the devil does. And the devil has tried to use this door that was opened as a child and a young adult to destroy my life. Because that's what the devil does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we have a choice as believers. Jesus said, I came to give you life. But he said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And whatever doors you open or whatever doors you're closed will determine which side of that coin you're going to live on abundance 
and incredible holiness and purity. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. But today, it's a lot easier than me accidentally finding a magazine. Today, it's one click on an iPhone. It's one click on a computer screen. It's one click on your smart TV. And images will flood the screen. And a little boy or little girl was never meant to see, or maybe they were by the enemy. But that screen for many will become an addiction that will grip them for the rest of their life. It's an easy door for the enemy to enter. Come on, we all know it. We all know it. When we talk about this topic, there's guilt and shame and addiction. And I want you to hear, come on, if you're listening, say I am. Guilt and shame and addiction are where Satan thrives. Now, freedom, forgiveness, and light is where the kingdom of God thrives. And so through the Lord, we can walk in freedom regardless of what you've done, regardless of your past, regardless of how wide you open the door to sexual immorality for the enemy. Jesus bought on the cross your forgiveness, your adoption, your power. You can walk. You can be an overcomer. You do not have to fall. You can walk in holiness. You can walk in freedom regardless of where you've been. So come on, Father God, we come to you now in the strong name of Jesus. And Father, we need to slam some doors. And this is not going to be an easy message, but God, we got to slam some doors on hell and open the door to heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We ask you, kingdom of God, to invade us this weekend. We ask you to move. We ask for freedom and deliverance. We ask the oppressed be free, the captive walk free. God, I pray that we will be humble and holy. I pray that we will respond. And God, revival will break out as we close the door to hell and we say, Jesus, come in, have your full reign. In his mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, welcome, promisers, all of our campuses this weekend. We're super stoked you're here, guests. You make our worship more meaningful. We love you. We want so much more for you than we want from you. Now, if you're new, a lot of new people this weekend I met at the Pellissippi campus, but if you're new, we are raw and real around here. And it doesn't get any more raw and real than the topic this weekend. So if you kept your young child in and you have a conversation on the way home that you weren't ready to have, do not email me and blame me. I can't believe you did that. You left him in? Come on, are you with me? You deal with it. Not my fault. We warned you. Did we warn you? Come on. So, man, we love you. And, and we, we, it is the will of God that none of us open this deadly door. But, but this is a touchy door because so many of us have been hurt falling through this trap door. There's so many scars, painful memories, abortions, strongholds. There's so much devastation in our lives and families because of the door of sexual immorality. Do you agree with that? Now, last weekend, it's my prayer that the fear of God rose in your life, that it just rose in all of us as many, many across all of our campuses repented of the door of anger and unforgiveness. Man, barring the demons from from the unclean spirits from having access. And man, if you missed it, Pastor Zach preached an incredible message last weekend. What it off the chain? So, get if you missed it, go back and get it. So what you did was, 
You cleansed your heart of two evil influences, anger and unforgiveness. We're grateful. This weekend, we'll look at another deadly door, the door of sexual immorality. Now, you've all got cards in your seats. Through this message, as God speaks to you, I want to challenge you to write it down. And then we're going to give you an opportunity to bring that card to all of the all of the crosses at all of our campuses and just there'll be prayer folks if you want to talk to someone you can make an altar where you are and I'm telling you we're going to close the door to sexual immorality we're going to walk in holiness how can a young man keep his way pure who may ascend to hill the Lord he has clean hands and impure God's still looking for a holy church and we do not take our cues from culture the supreme court As Christ followers, we take our cues from Christ, not the world, but the word of the living God. So all year, we've been been putting ourselves in the hands, putting our lives in the hands of God. This weekend, we're going to put our sexuality in God's hands because the one that created us knows what's best for us, right? Because the hand that holds us, the hand that holds us, holds us. So we're going to start with a word. It's a Greek word. It's found 26 times in the New Testament. It's called pornea. That word sound familiar to you? It's where we get our word porn. Now, pornea is translated many ways, but basically it's sexual morality. And I'm going to deal with four this weekend. There are many more biblical things that fall under, but I want to talk about the four that, will, that this church, we will deal with most. Number one is and not in any order, but adultery. Sex outside of marriage, fornication, sex before marriage, homosexuality, and pornography. Now, again, you can find a, 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 many other things in the scripture says not to do sex, but these are the ones that we deal with. Now, when it comes to pornography, who hadn't peaked? Who hadn't peaked? Because, man, we are curious as kids, aren't we? We want to know. And, and, and listen, ladies, don't think, oh, get them. That's all the guys know. 30% of all pornographic views online are females. Not just a male problem anymore. The, the sex-starved craze just used to be guys. Now it's everybody. Come on, ladies. Y'all join the crowd. And so what happens? We continue to open the door wider. And this door of sexual immorality promises. It promises so much, doesn't it? And it delivers so little. But what it delivers that we were not aware of is an unclean spirit that has access to our heart and our home and our mind. You may may not know what you think about God or the Bible or faith, and we're thrilled that you're here. And you may be thinking, Pastor, I just don't understand what the big deal is. This is about what I do. It doesn't hurt anybody else. Well, just keep opening the door to sexual immorality and see what happens. Because once it's wide open, you're not, you're, you no longer have control. The enemy has control. See, this isn't about having an open mind. It's about leaving the door open. And there are times we all know to lock the door open. You go to bed, you lock the doors. You check those doors. Matter of fact, there are, there are doors in your house, even your cabinets, if you've got little kids, the cabinets closed or have got child locks so they don't drink the drain up. And there, if there are things in your house not appropriate for kids, then there needs to be some child locks. It's about locking the door. You say, well, this is so close and narrow-minded. You're just so intolerant, man. You're this and that. Because people are happier 
when they get to choose whatever door they want to walk through. Well, then you let your three-year-old make all the rules for your house. Are you going to do that? Well, no. Why? Because I'm the parent and know what's best. And so does God. So does God. But I want this. Listen, we all want things that God says we can't have. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily. Now, according to the American uh, Psychological Association, dealing with pornography, it's wide open. Among adolescents, pornography hinders the development of a healthy sexuality, and among adults, it distorts sexual attitudes and social realities. In families, pornography leads to marital dissatisfaction, infidelity, separation, and divorce. Nothing good comes. There are 200,000 adult Americans right now in clinical, being treated for, for pornography addiction. They can't stop watching. Of those that are in treatment right now, 40% will lose their spouse, 58% will suffer severe financial loss, and 33% will lose their jobs. Matter of fact, right now, of what we have reported by American businesses, $16.9 billion are lost every year to, to people that work. Instead of working, they're watching porn at work. That's why you have an iPhone, so you can have pornography in the palm of your hand. That's why it was invented. The porn industry drives technology so they can give porn easier and freer to people. Every day, $3,000 in America is spent on porn, and every second. And every day, there's 116,000 Google searches on child pornography. Pornography increases the chances of marital infidelity by 300%. Now, students, come on, students, if you're listening, say I am. Come on. Pornography use increase in teenagers increases teen pregnancy, hinders development, and lowers self-esteem. It distorts expectations and risk, raises the risk of depression in students. Parents, come on, parents, if you're listening, say am. You can go online to faithpromise.org slash family, and you can get the parent's guide to pornography, or you can just click the code and just hit it on your phone, and you can go back and read it later. Not during the sermon. Come on, somebody. Read it later. And this is what some of you parents are thinking. It's not time yet. I don't need to talk to my kid about pornography. They're six. The average first view of pornography is six to eight. By 12 years of age, every student has seen porn. Every student. Oh, not my kid. Moms, deaf, dumb, and blind. My son, Zach, five years old, six years old, the kid down the street. It's, around, it's all over us. And, and when we've opened the door to sexual immorality in any form, we have opened the door to an unclean spirit. By the way, pornography glorifies violence, violence, sexism, racism, and props up human trafficking. It's a trap door. And it's got this massive evil spirit that we don't realize that we've let in. See, here's the deal. When you open a demonic door, the devil doesn't have to ask the Lord permission to tempt you. You gave him legal access. And you will never get the devil under your feet until you get him out of your head. Y'all with me? Now, we live in a sex-saturated society. It's everywhere. And, and man, we have not just cracked the door, 
but we have opened it wide open. Leaving families to ruin, to destruction, we just keep. So we did a little research about the church in America's view of sexual immorality. Pew Research estimates Christians feel the same about homosexuality as they do in same-sex marriage. 30 to 50% said it's great as long as you're in a committed relationship. Let's crack the door wider. Now, the truth is a committed relationship doesn't matter because that same group said casual sex, 30 to 50% is okay. That's the church. That's the church. The voice, the prophetic voice of God, the church. And the church has gotten afraid. And because the church emptied in COVID, pastors are even more afraid. They're afraid because the church is half the size, and if we, if we say anything about sin, they'll leave too. Listen, my job is not to make you happy. My job is to make you holy. And we will never soft soak a faith promise. The prophet Jeremiah speaking to an Israel in the same situation we are said, we live in a world that has lost its power to blush. 1 John 2, 16 says, everything that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it's from the world. So we live in a lustful society in America. Lust is a desire, a craving, a longing for something that is forbidden. James chapter 1, James warning these, new, these believers in verse 14, each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust, when he has opened the door. And then when you've opened the door and lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Again, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he loves it that you never notice. He loves that. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. The Bible writers, were they had no problem dealing with this demonic door because they knew. You read the scripture, you see lies and families, actually empires destroyed because of the door of sexual immorality. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, 300 wives, 700 hookups, 700 times he swapped left, ended up leading Israel to be idol worshipers. And upon Solomon's death, the country split and went into a civil war and forgot about its God because of the door of sexual immorality was open. James goes on and said, hey, listen, I know you and you're caught. I know when you open the door, it's what you need to do, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray one for another. Come on so that you may be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. This is why we need to be in groups. Just another reason, by the way. And let me challenge you. If you're in a co-ed group, men and women, every now and then divide the men and the women. Because, <clears throat> see, men are not going to share in front of their wife. They're sure not going to talk in front of your wife. Ladies, they're going to share. <laughs> they don't care who's in the house. Are y'all with me? They're oversharers. And Bubba over here, who's dying spiritually, listen, think about it. Bubba who got Chris, 
who got his first view of porn at five, sexually abused at six, sexually abused later by a stepdad. In the church, where and when did I have a chance to rebuke the unclean spirit that had access to my life? Because we want to hide our sin and act like we're perfect, we walk devastated and destroyed by hell because we won't let kingdom of God invade us. Guys, every now and then get on the front porch and get raw and real. Get a safe space where you can say, I'm struggling with this porn addiction. And let's rescue you before you lose your wife. Let's rescue you before you lose your home because you got fired at work. Are y'all with me? Let's rescue each other. That's why we come together for group. In the last days, the, the, the John the Apostle, he, he sees a great harlot in chapter 17. In, chapter, in verse 1, he calls her a great harlot who sits on many waters. This is what he said. With whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality, poor Nia. Sexual immorality. And those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. Folks, America is drunk with sexual immorality. If you go on to the rest of chapter 17 and 18, it, it shows the war that's waged by this great harlot, this prostitute, which is actually a, a high-end general for hell, leading an army of unclean spirits to ruin the world with lust. Because listen, when you've opened the door to sexual immorality, the devil, man, just rolls right through unhindered. Are you with me? We all know it. Look at the carnage behind, behind you or your family or friends. Look at the carnage left in the wake of the door of sexual immorality. Jesus, looking at the A-team, by the way, it's the A-team, this Super Bowl. The A-team of his followers, Peter, James, John, Tommy, Andy, the boys, he warns them about the day that we're living in. Be on your guard. Close the stinking door. Close the door. Be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the worries of life. So the day will not come upon you suddenly like a trap, a door that's been opened. For, listen, Jesus said, if the homeowner knew when the thief was coming, he would have been there and stopped him. For it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of the earth. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape these things that are about to take place and stand before the Son of Man. Jesus looks at his A-team and says, Peter, if you don't pray, listen, a life of pleasure will pull you down. John, if you don't pray, a life of drunkenness will drown you. Andrew, if you don't play, a life of sexual immorality will plague you. Come on, does this make sense? Man, it's the enemy's plan to drown us in a sea of sexual immorality. My mercy. My, come on. What does God say? Come on, pastor, this is pretty negative. I wanted to be lifted up this morning. You have rained on my parade. It's Super Bowl, man. I was looking for a great day. It's about to come. Give me a couple more minutes. No temptation, no door has overtaken you, but such as common to man. And God is faithful and that he will make a way for you to escape. Come on, somebody, so that you will be able to endure it. God says, lock the door. Lock the door. When the devil, 
When the devil grabs it, you just sit behind the door laughing. Man, it's a holy house. This sanctuary of the Holy Ghost. Man, what you talking about? Get out of my face. Come on, no temptation. And he said, but pastor, man, I've been struggling with this for a long time. Man, I, 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 I don't know. 2 Timothy chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh in this world, we do not war according to the flesh. Listen to me, a strong thinking will never overcome a strong hold. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful to the destruction of fortresses and the closing of doors. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every captive thought. We're taking captive. Come on. Listen, I don't care where you've been or what you've done. There's nobody that was more in. Listen, I didn't open up the door. I lived in the room of sexual immorality. And that's where I was when Jesus found me. And I, I so wish for our children and our students that they don't have a mind full of images like I do. Because I'm telling you, I can have the most, the most spiritual, wonderful moment of worshiping the word and immediately up will come in my face a picture of something I saw or did that just make me want to throw up. And I say, hey, devil, you can remind me of that. God forgot about it. You're going to burn in hell forever and I'm going to walk with God forever. Get out of my head and under my feet. Let me tell you, I had to get raw and real. So that card's in your hand. Just a minute, I'm going to pray at every campus. going to give you an opportunity to just walk up. You don't have to write it. Maybe you're afraid somebody will see it. You can just tell God, this is what, this, this, this. Maybe, again, it's people you can't get out of your head because of sexual because of sexual activity before you were married and you become a soulmate with that person. They, they're, they're soul people in you because you did what you shouldn't have done and you opened the door. Man, you write those names. Write those names. For me, there's no way to remember all the names. I was a whoremonger. I deserved nothing. Can I tell you something? God in his grace and mercy set me free. Gave me an incredible woman. Come on, somebody. Come on. And I'm telling you, do not believe the lies of the devil. You get right with God in your sexuality, and it will be good. But you follow the world's way, it'll be cheap, and you'll walk with shame. So we're going to open it up. Father God, Lord Jesus, we need a cleansing, purging, powerful move of your spirit. God, we ask you to to dominate. We ask you for grace. Lord, this is a painful deal, but God, you want a holy church. You want a righteous church. You want a church that's not walking the ways of the world, but it's walking the word, walking worthy of the calling. So God, we have Holy Spirit. Would you bring light? Would you bring freedom? Lord, we pray these altars will be filled with chains that are dropped, bondage that is gone, memories that are closed, situations that we're going to close the door to. God, we ask you to move in power. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody. All God's people said, come on, let's stand to our feet.
Our prayer team is down front. If you want to pray with somebody at all of our campuses, you can make your way to one of the crosses. Take those cards, tear them up. Listen, as the blood of Jesus cleanses you, you can walk away free, close the door, get accountable, and let's be the powerful people of God. Are y'all with me? Come on, man, let's do it right now.